Cool. Okay. Kia ora. Koto, everyone. Um, this is Mama's Lockdown and Me. Um, I'm here with Mercedes Maguire, who is in Sydney, beautiful Sydney. Um, and she is a, is a uh, freelance journalist um, and mama to Ava, who is 16, and Evie, who is 10. Welcome. Harimai. Hello. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Um, so I always ask everybody, how are you? And then I say, how are you? You can say <laughs> that however you like. <laughs> Depends on the time of day, doesn't it? I find that I'm pretty good in mornings. <clears throat> um, you know, motivation is high, things are organised, and by about two o'clock, um, it just goes like this. I hate two o'clock. So I've got a toddler, <laughs> two and a half, and oh. between two and four, I bloody hate it. So... Oh no, that's your witching hour. Yeah, I know. We're trying to do one hour at a time. It's not even how are you today, it's how are you this hour. Yes. Through it. Um, so explain to me who's in your bubble. So we, we call it bubbles here. So who's been living with you? <coughs> so um, in my bubble is myself, my eldest daughter, Ava, who's 16, as you said, my youngest daughter, Evie, who's 10, and my husband, Shane, who has been continuing to go to work every day. Okay. Yeah. So how, how was your, and I know you're in Australia, so I kind of know a little bit about how you've been doing it. Um, mm. How has your day-to-day changed? So your circumstance changed slightly for work, hey, a little while ago. So tell me a little bit about that. My circumstances changed just before coronavirus hit. So I, um, in hindsight, stupidly quit my very, you know, secure paid job at the Daily Telegraph. Um, I think my last day was something like February 7. Um, and I had freelanced when my kids were babies and I just wanted to get back to having that flexibility in my life. I was doing long hours at work. I was, you know, chasing politicians for comment at eight o'clock at night. And I just wanted to get a little bit of, of that flexibility back in my life. So I quit to go back to freelancing, which I had enjoyed in the past. And, um, you know, a month later, coronavirus hit. And so I was already working from home for about a month. I was doing really well. I had lots of work, had lots of contacts, um, enjoying it. And because I mostly specialise in travel writing, when when coronavirus hit properly, um, I lost a lot of my work very quickly. I, prob- yeah. I, I probably lost about 80% of my work um yeah so my life changed before coronavirus and then coronavirus just made it that little bit yeah more sort of hectic and how how did you feel and I know that's a massive question but I know that my work completely stopped and I shifted into my other job which is working in a social in the social services arena so I went from having nothing to being working in that kind of full time um, and I know that range of emotions that I was I'm still going through you know the grief of the biz, my own business that's sitting there not really doing much um, which is why I started this um, and and the anxiety around having to parent full-time again and the I don't want to do this and all oh, this might be exciting and oh what's this going to do so can you remember yeah. what, what you felt around that I mean initially <clears throat> When I think the big the big thing for me that made me go wow this is serious and this is going, not going to pass quickly is when um, New South Wales told us to keep our kids home from school. I remember it was um, 
they made the announcement on a Monday and um, I had already in my head decided that, that I'd sent my kids to school that Monday and I had decided already that that was going to be their last day at school. I was going to make the decision myself to keep them yeah. home. Um, and so when the, the premier um, encouraged us to do so, it sort of vindicated what I, what I was already thinking anyway. But that was probably when things really, really changed because it meant, yes, the kids were home. Um, where normally I'd have the house to myself during the day doing my work. And it, I was grappling with, was that the right decision? Wasn't it? Um, there wasn't, my, my 16 year old school had been really um, good in trialing the online classes beforehand. And so when they started um, homeschooling, they hit the ground running and they were really great. And I didn't really have to do anything. She'd just go in her room, log into, um, I think they were using um, Microsoft Teams and she knew what to do and there was a class teacher there for every class so I didn't have to interact in that at all. The year five student, um, there was, I remember they sent us a very flimsy timetable, you might want to do this at this time, you might want to do it. And I just, I just remember really struggling with that because I felt like she was just wasting her days doing yeah. a lot of nothing very important. Um, and I was just trying to keep her busy, um, and then someone said to me, and, I'll, and this really made it much easier, someone said to me, learning from home doesn't have to be the same as learning from school. And that just took so much pressure off my shoulders. I just yeah. thought, okay, I can take a deep breath now. And, and they did that for two weeks and then we went into school holidays. So those two weeks were a bit of a throwaway and, you know, I, I, I took the pressure off myself. But it, initially that was, that was my big anxiety and my big concern was, um, that they were basically wasting two two weeks of, of schooling, and then we went into school holidays. Um, yeah, but that was that was the thing that made me realise, wow, this is big, and this is um, this is having a big impact. Yeah, you know, yeah. Coming home from school, and you know, there's a real balance. Like what we've learned is there's, there's a really amazing child development guy here who's you know pretty big, and he's he's awesome, and he's like. Children are not going to not go to university or get that job they want because you kept them home for six weeks and they didn't do maths. Like, they're really not. They're going to actually yeah. have more experiences being in the garden because yeah. what usually happens to us as parents when we're trying to homeschool is we turn into 1920s teachers, you know, and, and, and it's like, it's pointless and you end up getting stressed. Stick them in the garden with a thing to do. Let them help you cook. And all right, it's yeah. more stressful because you might have to think about it. But he's like, just take the pressure off yourselves, people. Like, yeah, life you're not going to ruin their lives. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I took the pressure myself in those two weeks. And then coming, we just, we're finishing the first week of the new term. Um, and they, the schools have been much more organised. They send it a timetable out every morning. They do a Zoom meeting every day at 10 o'clock with the class. Um, so that's been a lot easier to manage. It's, it's taken the pressure off the parents, I think. Yeah. And, and how has that been for you? Because have you kind of, I don't want to say parenting solo, but you kind of, are you doing that during the day on your own? Yeah. So my husband, um, he's an audiovisual technician and he works at big commercial sites. Um, so he goes to work, he works sort of construction hours. So he goes to work at like 5.30 in the morning and yeah. gets home at about four o'clock. Um, but I'm used to being at home, I suppose, um, during the day, not used to being at home with the kids. Um, I haven't found that too difficult. Look, the girls have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
so there hasn't been anything too major um, for me to handle on my own. Um, I do look forward to him coming home just because it's another adult to talk to. Um, oh, I, 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 yeah. apart, apart from him, my social interactions are limited to, you know, the Coles register and that's about it. So this is pretty exciting oh, for you. You're pretty, you're like, whoa, there's an adult on the side of the screen. I put a little oh bit of makeup God. on. <laughs> we can do this at any point during the day if you need to. Um, so in terms of your work, what, what's, what's running around your head in your industry? What, what do you, I suppose, what do you foresee happening? And what do you actually, what would you like to see happen? Well, I mean, it's easy to get really negative and really anxious about what's happening, especially in the travel industry, because it's yeah. literally closed down overnight. Um, and a lot of the places that I was um, working um, but I try to stay positive. It's, I try to tell myself that this is not, it's not like a, a depression where you don't know where the end is. We know that we're going to come out of this, you know, towards the end of the year and there's going to be a lot of pent up demand and people are going to get back to business really quickly. I, I feel really positive that travel in particular is going to rebound really, really quickly and really strongly. And there'll be a lot of work there for us again. Um, what would I like to see happen? You mean in terms of the industry I work in? Yeah, probably like any change. Because I know for me, um, I know there's a few things I don't want to go back to. Um, mm. that I want to start doing really valuable, meaningful work with the people that I work with, which I was doing before, but even more so now. Telling those stories about what's happened for people and connecting even more. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know this is, is relevant, but just at a base level, just don't oh, your, want to see your sound place not come back. Ooh. Oops, can you hear me okay? We've gone a bit choppy. Okay, I don't know what's happened. I'm here far. Okay, carry on. Okay, no, so what I was going to say is, I don't know if this is relevant or not, but it, it's not so much what I want to see happen but what I don't want to see happen I I desperately don't want to see places not come back from this like small businesses um, small publications um, that, that I think that's just devastating and so sad to know that there's so many businesses that aren't going to rebound from yeah. this yeah um, I think that's the main that that's the main thing um, it, it just makes me sad for the industry yeah um, I'm happy to you know, I, because I'd only just started freelancing before this, I, there's nothing really I want to change about the way I was. I was working with lots of different diverse companies. I was doing lots of different diverse work. So I was really happy with the way my work was and I'm happy for it to go back to that as much as possible. I just, yeah, I just feel sad for the fact that not everyone's going to rebound from yeah, this. Totally. And have you noticed anything about yourself that you've kind of gone, oh, look at that? Um, I, I mean, I, on, on some level, I think I'm, I've been really um, adaptable um, yeah. and, and flexible about, you know, especially with the homeschooling thing. It's, um, it, it, I started off feeling very anxious and, you know, very 1920s teacher. I, <laughs> I love that. 
I love that analogy because um, that's exactly what I was like. I was writing timetables and to-do lists and, um, you know, my daughter was still having morning tea at 11 o'clock and she was still having fruit break at 10 o'clock. And, um, and, and then, yeah, I, I, I adapted from that really quickly and easily. I'm a lot more relaxed and yeah. I think that made the whole household a lot more relaxed. I mean, I have my moments usually in the afternoons and in the evenings, but um. Our house is quite peaceful. Like it doesn't, we haven't got that chaos here. And, we, and I have to say, we live in a two-bedroom unit. So we are sort of all on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you found your, you found your groove. We've all found, yeah, and we've all found our space, which is important yeah. in a small, um, small place as well. My husband had two weeks holiday um, over Easter. And as much as I wanted him home, I was also worried about, oh, my God, that's another full-time person in this two-bedroom unit. Yeah. We're all going to be on top of each other. And... Yeah, I, I think I adapted um, quite well to that and, and, and what, have, what been you, reasonably calm. Yeah, reasonably calm. I love that. Because what, what, and what do you do for your, own, for your own stuff? So what's your, you know, when you can take yourself away, yeah. what do you like to do? I'm, I'm an absolutely voracious reader. I, I read and read and read. So for me, um, we, because we're in a two-bedroom unit, we've got a really big deck that comes off the unit. It's the yeah. same size as the unit. So uh, my favourite thing to do is just to take my book and go outside and sit under the tree or in the sun and just spend as long as I need to out there reading my book and, you know, rem reminding myself that everything will be there when I get when I walk back in the house. Um, but another thing that I've actually re uh, really enjoyed is um, my husband and my youngest daughter bike ride and I go along with them not to bike ride but I walk while they bike ride um and I've been using that time to make phone calls to um I'm the youngest of eight I've got um six sisters and a brother wow. so I've been using that time to call people um just to say hi like normally yeah. I would call family because it's their birthday or because I have to tell them something but I've been um I've been just ringing them and saying I've just called to say hi how are you doing um, I'm going for a walk, so I've got a bit of time to chat. And we've been having like hour-long conversations, and I've—that's something I would never have done before. So yeah. I really like the fact that I've slowed down, and yeah. that well, the whole world has slowed down. We've been yeah. forced to. Yeah, and maybe that's something that you'll keep up in the future. You'll be I like, want to. yeah, no, absolutely. That's so yeah. awesome. Have you noticed your? Have your kids asked you lots of questions, or have they kind of adapted pretty well? I just, I find kids are so adaptable and so yeah. resilient. Um, they haven't really, and I'm probably doing the thing that parenting experts tell parents not to do. I'm filling our world with coronavirus. Like <laughs> we had the news on, um, not so much now, more so in the early days, had the news on all the time. We'd get in the car to go to the shops and the ABC news was on with constant, you know, 24 hour coronavirus information. Um, and they listened to it, taken it on haven't really questioned it too much. I just think that kids just accept what's going on and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. I did do, um, mostly I did this to give them something to do in the school holidays, but I, um, we went to Office Works and we bought three journals 
just plain hardcover notebooks. And I said to them, because my eldest daughter in history was, um, she does a lot of stuff where they, um, when she does an assignment, they say to her, now you must include primary sources and secondary sources. And I said to them, you know, girls, this is going to be something that is spoken about for centuries. It's probably going to be taught in schools to other generations, you know, like the Depression is and like World War One is. And I said, now's your chance to be a primary source. So I gave them their notebooks and I said, I want you just to write things that are happening that you hear on the news, things that you think, things that you're worried about, things that you're excited about. Just fill the diary um, with, your, with your own thoughts and, and it's your coronavirus journal. Amazing. They, they really got into it. And it's yeah. funny to see how different that, like for, for the 10-year-old, it was all about, um, you know, and, and then I had lunch and then I did this and I got to watch TV even though I should have been doing school. Like it was very small scale and a ten, uh, the, the U10 student was very much looking up dates. What date did we find out about the Ruby Princess? And she yes, that's more of a... All yeah. correct and, yeah, all very factual and had to get the dates right. and. Yep. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. That is awesome. And they'll have that forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's the idea. So cool. Okay. Um, are you ready for your quick fire? Oh, okay. Okay. Beach or mountain? Beach. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. Walnut or cashew? Cashew. Uh, favourite book that you're reading at the moment? Or for, just yeah. favourite book? Oh, I'm, I'm loving the author I'm reading at the moment is one of my favorite Australian authors. The book's called The Killing Streets mm. and it's by Tanya Bretherton. And it's basically about um, Sydney's first serial killer in the 1930s. Oh, I think I'd like that. I'm going to write that down. I'm a real um, time junkie. I love it. Um, country that you would go to first if you could right now? America, because we had to cancel a, a trip there. Oh. Even though it's imploding on itself. I know. Um, favourite Australian biscuit? Oh. <laughs> I don't want to get this wrong. There is no wrong answer. Kingston. I love it. Um, and one person that you would invite into your household, dead or alive, famous or not, right now? My dad. Oh, he passed away just before coronavirus oh. in February. Yeah, I'd have dad back. Oh, man, so tough. Um, well, yeah, it's been thank, a big you, year. thank you so much for giving up some of your time and your day. Um, what are you okay, going to go to tonight now? Because is it nearly 11 o'clock for you? It is. So I've got um, one little story I have to file um, for the Daily Telegraph. I write a property column for them um, yep. and Friday is my deadline day. So I've got one little story left to file for them. And then I'm going to sit down and read the end of my book. I've got about yes. 40 pages left. So. I'm going to go find that right now on Amazon and have a look. There's a little Amazon plug there. He's go made a and find her because Tanya Breverton has written two previous books. One was called The Suitcase Baby, um, which chronicle, chronicled babies being found washed up on beaches in suitcases, like um, unmarried woman, women. That's how they'd get rid of their babies. Oh, it was a bit of a trend. And yeah. then she wrote one called The Suicide Bride, which was set in 1904 in Newtown in mm. Sydney, which was about a man who killed him, his wife and then killed himself. And that was also a bit of a trend. <laughs> horrible she she finds these horrible horrible situations and a story around it and it, it paints a picture of what sydney was like in in there yeah, it's amazing very interesting well thank you so much and uh, we welcome. will see you very soon thanks jane it was lovely to speak welcome. to you welcome bye see you